Hey there, guys. Welcome to the 13th installment of the ISD CrossFit podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the fitness industry, the pros, and then the cons of that uh, entire industry. And there should be a lot in both. And I think you guys will, uh, as usual, hopefully enjoy this podcast. Um, but just to start the fitness industry, uh, what it is, is the social media. So the YouTubes, the uh, Twitters, the Instagrams, the Twitches, right? Is that one? Maybe for e-gaming. <laughs> for e-gaming. <laughs> Twitch. I, I, you guys know what I mean there, the Facebooks. Uh, magazines, the health store or health stores, and then the commercials we see on TV. I know lately there's been a lot of like Orange Theory and, and Planet Fitness. Oh, it's the bike. Peloton. And Peloton. Yep. Yeah. Lots of Peloton. Gyms, gym franchises, so YMCA the, kind of places. So that's what we're talking about with the fitness industry. A lot of this might kind of gravitate towards uh, commercials and social media, but... Uh, with that being said, I'll pass it over to Chris. We'll start by talking about the pros of this entire fitness industry. Uh, so some of the benefits of the fitness industry uh, is that it promotes a healthy lifestyle. Uh, at the very least, it gets people moving, uh, doing something positive, healthy, uh, and developing healthy habits. Uh, it can inspire and motivate people to improve their fitness uh, and their general health, uh, not just fitness. Uh, and uh, to do it as a lifelong endeavor. Um, people like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, we have written down here, he uh, can be very inspiring, very motivating, uh, and also provide a lot of entertainment while doing so. Uh, it, ourselves here, we, we chuckle in some of the things that we see, uh, but you know what? It, it gets people talking about health and fitness and exercise, uh, and... Uh, it, it can be a positive influence. Uh, other things, uh, such as the Arnold Fitness Expo, uh, it's been around for probably uh, around 30 years or so. Uh, that's run out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, that started with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the Fitness Expo is uh, a great resource uh, and uh, really um, an incredible exposition of fitness and health. Uh, it is heavily marketed so that would be one thing to be um, concerned about or be aware of um, so again benefits of the fitness industry it brings people together who share a common joy exercise uh, and it might provide even a great social component uh, for example what we here do here at IST uh, it is actually very social uh, you don't sign up necessarily to come here for the social component uh, but that's a, a great benefit. Um, the fitness industry uh, provides a huge uh, resource uh, for information. Uh, the one stipulation is that the consumer needs to determine what is good and what is not. Um, the the internet, uh, social media, people talking, uh, it's, it's very easy to access uh, a variety of, of good programming for exercise and fitness. Uh, again, the drawback is you need to determine what is good and what is not. So there's easily accessible uh, information. Uh, YouTube, Google, or go on YouTube and start typing in squatting or, or exercise or workouts. You're going to, you'll never run out of videos to watch. Some of it is very good. There's some experts on there that provide very good content. There's also some... Uh, perceived experts uh, that show a lot of gimmicky stuff. 
Uh, there's ebooks. There's articles online. There's articles in magazines. Uh, there's podcasts too, and uh, just like ours that you're listening to right now, that uh, can provide some good information uh, in the fitness industry. So, along with that, uh, the fitness industry can provide some very good guidance and accountability, uh, which I think is is very necessary. So, Chris just hit it all. That was yeah. That was really good. It's also are we, good. Are a we good done? Well, <laughs> I think that's a good segue into what we have written down for um, our first con as well of the fitness industry is that um, there's generally an overwhelming amount of information. So yes, uh, getting information is easy. Sometimes getting good, credible, intelligent information is a different story. When you want to talk about professionals in the fitness industry who do this for a living and they're educated, I would say that there is a far fewer number of those versus, I guess, kind of the term thrown around now is a fitness fitness influencer. So that might be the people that you see, well, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, like a very influential person uh, is willing to share what has worked for him, but where is that necessarily coming from and um is what he is doing might not necessarily work for you so that's something to be aware of um the overwhelming amount of information um can sometimes be intimidating to try to weed through and figure out what is good and what is bad and then on top of that a lot of it is quite gimmicky and there is a huge financially driven component to the fitness industry because there is a, a lot of money um, do you guys have anything else to say on that? I think our first uh, con. Well, I think over the past probably even five years, the information has uh, gotten a lot better. It's improved a lot. Uh, I think maybe ten years ago, when you'd look something up, it was there just wasn't that much stuff out there. So maybe I'd go on YouTube and type in how to squat, uh, and there's videos from maybe no namers and maybe no name people can have great information. But now there's a lot more say videos from strength coaches, uh, maybe sport team coaches, maybe even like high level weightlifting coaches and people who are good at explaining the movement, not only to say one person, but also in a variety of different contexts. And that's uh, one of the issues when we have a lot of information. Uh, even when we have someone who's a professional and really credible, maybe they're utilizing social media, for example, and they only get uh, 30 seconds of your time or 60 seconds of your time. They need to capture you, uh, and it's really hard for them to kind of lay out the context of what they're talking about. So uh, it might be correct, but it might not be correct for everyone. Uh, and with that, there are some things that are just plain wrong, just for, in my opinion, almost all the time. But I think it's gotten a lot better too recently. Yeah, and I mean, that's good, right? People want to get in and try stuff, but uh, like if you go on YouTube, you scroll through, or not YouTube, um, Instagram, there's too many times, especially with the younger generation. Now, some of the athletes we work with, they see stuff that pro players are doing and some of the gimmicky things, uh, altitude mass, for example, and some other things that don't necessarily work. And they think that that is what will work, not just basic exercises and basic programming. So just that overwhelming amount of information on, in my opinion, on Instagram can, can be detrimental to some. Now, again, there's a lot of good 
information, right? A lot of people can have good programs, go to the gym and be able to look at their phone and have good exercises to do versus just go there and not have a plan. I think that's where it's evolved into a pretty good thing. But yeah, there's just too much information out there. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, one of the issues with the internet is that anyone can put out anything. They could even claim to be anything. So I could, you know, I could go start a blog and say I'm a doctor and I could give out medical advice. I could do that for probably a period of time until someone takes me to court. Um, but the same thing goes in the fitness industry. Someone can claim themselves to be a fitness expert or a nutrition expert, can pretty much claim anything you'd like. Uh, you don't have to have real credentials. I mean, you could say you have a degree and not have a degree, uh, and you can probably get away with that for quite a period of time. Uh, but we'll see that kind of thing on blogs, YouTube channels, and websites that uh, anyone can go on there and create something. There's no... You don't have to submit your four-year degree and your 10 years coaching experience to post your first YouTube video on how to, you know, do a six-week squat program or start a nutrition program or that sort of thing. So that's another big issue we see. Uh, and with that, you know, there's people who are very good-looking. Uh, maybe it's just genetics. Maybe... Uh, they're just lucky. Maybe they've done drugs or had surgeries. And in the fitness industry, we look at someone who looks good and be like, oh, I got to do whatever they do, or I've got to do whatever they say I should do. And then those people might take advantage of that to sell supplements, to sell their own programs, uh, when maybe they don't even know what they're doing. They just happen to get lucky. They won the genetic lottery. And so uh, it's just another thing to be aware of. Um, yeah. with these experts right and then that that creates harmful narratives so people want totally. to look like this person who maybe doesn't eat maybe has good angles on lighting maybe photoshop photoshopped maybe just got a good pump in and someone is sweating and they're all tanned and they have a good angle like so like the dwayne the rock johnson sometimes the rocks jacked he's yeah. actually jacked he, he really is. so when people see that right and then they change the way they eat they don't eat so they get skinnier body image issues and uh, i don't know there's a lot of snake oil sales people out there uh, so like like Alex touched on, for lack of regulation, there's no regulation out there in the fitness industry online. Uh, anybody can open a gym. Anybody can, you know, sell literally anything. Uh, the barrier of entry to be a personal trainer or a coach is extremely low. Uh, to a lot of people, you could, a person can appear qualified uh, in just one weekend or one, one day certification. Uh, and now some body who certifies, uh, association that certifies people, um, puts out their credentials and now average Joe person walks in off the street and while this person's a certified trainer, uh, puts a lot of trust in that individual. Um, a lot of places have unqualified coaches and instructors and who might, like Alex said, look good or look the part, but lack the necessary education to prescribe exercise. So... Um, that would be a big drawback, and and that's where you got to kind of got to do your homework and read up and and research um, who you're going to take advice from or who you're going to um, you know write a check to. So I guess that I mean we could say who do we like for sources then? I mean I have a list here uh, for everything. I mean for weightlifting I like Ma Strength. I know you like Cal Strength. Maybe both you guys do. Um, and that's on Instagram. Like Lane Norton, I like his for, for nutrition. Uh, Chris likes Mark Ripito a ton. 
He's uh, really, he's really, old school. Yeah, he's old school. Uh, but but there are some good sources. We have them. If you ever have questions, you can ask us. I mean, who do you guys like? I think uh, a lot of the time, personally, I like to find someone with a decent education background, although I obviously value coaching experience as well. So I like uh, the guys from Renaissance Periodizations, Mike Isretail. They have PhDs uh, in either sports science or nutrition. They have a lot of good recommendations. Uh, I also like Catalyst Athletics for weightlifting. They have a lot of athletes at the high level. They also train a lot of youth athletes, so it's some useful information there. Um, recently, I've been listening to the guys from Barbell Medicine. They are MDs or chiropractors or PTs, and they work in the field, kind of more of a general population field. Uh, and they do a lot of stuff with pain science. So there's uh, a lot of stuff out there. Typically, I'd look for someone who has a higher level degree. But like I said, uh, you know, like a guy like Glenn Penley from Cal Strength. I don't know if he even has a degree, and he is one of the better coaches out there. So He passed away. He did. Yeah. Joe, you got anybody? Um, well, <laughs> thanks, Chris, I guess, on that note. <laughs> um, I guess when I was kind of in undergrad and graduate school and I was trying to become a better coach and, like, seeking resources, I would just honestly, like, Google, like, most tenured collegiate-level strength coaches, see how they – um, go about kind of running a weight room, like what they think about programming, stuff like that. Um, I think experience in combination with education um, is those are the people you want to be listening to. Since I've kind of gotten a little bit more into the CrossFit space, I find um, training think tank pretty interesting. Um, they come from a, a pretty analytical background they're very well educated there. They can communicate what they're trying to do when it comes to training CrossFit, um, as it is a very sporadic and kind of somewhat random endeavor. Um, but I think they do a really good job with it. And I think Alex has said it best, and I agree with him. Find people that you recognize are smarter than you and listen to what they have to say and see if you can learn something from them. Because you don't want to be listening to people that are telling you the exact same things that you already think and you already know because, well, you're really just not getting any smarter that way. So uh, as far as resources, I like going back a good decade or so uh, and putting – I think back to when I was learning and the people I learned from, uh, where I, the resources that I used – this was, it seemed like it was all before the big fitness boom where people were just trying to make money. So the people I learned from were not trying to sell me anything. Uh, they, like, like the Russian training manuals on Olympic weightlifting. I just, I've, I've got all those, I read all those, and it was fantastic information. It was, they look funny. I've got them all in my office. Uh, they, they wouldn't sell today because they look terrible uh but but they're they're resource knowledge yeah it's it goes back from the soviet union uh those super training super training mel sift Sift, yeah tutor pompa yeah right um uh zatorsky all these um phd uh doctors became authors wrote books on training uh i i Worked with Cal Dietz at the University of Minnesota, got my hands on a lot of his resources, uh, and I still use some of those today. Um, and 
they're they're online and and people that have been around again like Joe was t- saying not the here today gone tomorrow um, experts that pop up online uh, it's the people that have been around for 10 15 20 years or more uh, in the fitness industry and in the in the training and the and trying to and working with athletes starting with elite athletes and then applying it to general population um, and so th- those are my resources so okay so yeah I mean you know overwhelming amount of information there's without regular regulation try to if you're looking for something try to find a good source and stick with that um, but those are some cons we've talked about lack in context um, and then lack or ha- making harmful narratives with body image but another con can be it's try the fitness industry is trying to capitalize on one's emotion and negative self-image so there's always real unrealistic and unhealthy outcomes that people are promising uh think about shows like the biggest loser or um there's like a million and one different instant diet plans to help you lose weight or you right. gu- guarantee you this etc it's, it's like a quick fix gimmick 28 days green tea and super pill or workout gain 100 pounds on your bench in six weeks with one yeah. simple trick yeah right personal well, trainers hate him it's yeah. that jacked guy yeah i mean on a serious note though like these really do create harmful uh not only physical health uh implications for people but mental health you start to negatively associate food you start to you know question your self-worth because you don't look like the people who are selling you these things. And um, this is for sure my biggest pet peeve with the fitness industry and something that I get really frustrated with when I see those quick fix gimmick things because health isn't a short-term endeavor. It's a long-term endeavor and it's sending the wrong message to general people who they have all the best intentions, but they, they're just see, they're just getting the wrong information, and it's frustrating for people. As uh, consumers, it's likely our fault. You know, I would click on that ad that says "put 100 pounds on my bench in six weeks." I wouldn't really want to see one that says "36 uh, month uh, sustainable program to slowly gain strength while being healthy," and then it's just a picture of me in a t-shirt. You know, I wouldn't want to click on that. So, also something to be aware of when you're getting sucked into these things is. Um, they're designing it in a way so that you get pulled in. So it's, you know, we, I don't know if that I can blame them because that's what sells best, but just a money grab. It's a money grab. Mm-hmm. Trying to sell their supplements. And, and oftentimes, yeah, they're, they're claiming they're fast acting. And like Joe said, none of this stuff's sustainable. Um, you know, and it's a lot of stuff's unproven or, or useless. And there's no science backing. I mean, I guess we're, I guess we're talking about supplements now, but no real science backing any of them. And you just kind of, buy into them because the marketing looks cool and you waste 50 to 100 dollars what i think of recently is you know uh cbd recently became very popular uh and in the crossfit scene all of these popular crossfit athletes are posting you know on their instagram like maybe three four or five times a week oh it's nighttime it's time for my cbd supplement and then it's at this company uh, and then they just they just keep bombarding you with this, and you're like, oh man, this high level CrossFitter is taking CBD. I should do that too. Uh, in most cases, the athletes that are posting this probably aren't even taking that. They're just getting paid to post X amount of times per week or whatever their contract is, or they're getting some sort of 
you know, boost of for every product you sell with your discount code, you get 10% of the money and your whatever friend gets 10% off. And Tere 20. Tere, use my discount code Tere 20 <laughs> at bodybuilding.com. And uh, yeah, so you got to watch out for that as well. I just think that's a huge, huge, huge con. I mean, we've already talked about supplements, but I mean, we could talk about that. It for could a be maybe the one of the biggest cons yeah. of them all is and supplements. What are the most widely studied supplements? Like whey protein, creatine, and creatine, the most basic caffeine. ones, and caffeine. Yeah, you could, you could argue maybe fish oil in there a little bit. Fish oil, cardio, yeah. but pretty, uh, pretty basic stuff. Nothing too gimmicky there. I mean, you guys have most basic protein and creatines. You know, there's nothing cool about had, the, yeah, the labeling, and it's cool at all. fairly cheap. We often get asked what's the best protein is. Find something that is fairly cheap and... Tastes okay. Yeah. Something you want to drink, maybe. Look forward to. I just chug it down. But, yeah. Have anything to add? Not about the supplements. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I guess you could think of it like... I think it's okay for uh, famous people or attractive people to market their clothes at me because if I wear their clothes, it's probably not going to hurt me. But if someone's kind of pushing me towards taking these supplements that probably aren't regulated and could be harmful, I think that is an issue. So obviously you need to market to sell your product, but there's no regulation on supplements. I don't know if we've ever talked about that, but anyone can make a supplement. Anyone can put anything in a supplement and it does not get investigated typically until someone gets hurt or dies. Uh, and even when they do get hurt or die, maybe it doesn't even get investigated. So uh, that's also something very important to think about when we look at supplements. I, and I just can't believe that that's even a thing. That happened with Jack 3D yeah. pre-workout. And, and, they can, and they can hide behind this, so you can put this term called propi- proprietary blend. Um, and that's pretty much your fail-safe. So if you ever find a product where... That's really, really high up on the ingredients list. I would urge you to stay away from it um, because you you really don't know what you're putting in your body then because they're not willing to tell you. And that's it, all the CrossFit people are getting. Is that what you're going to say? Well, no. I was no. going to say you actually don't even have to list what you put in. Uh, there's a few like third-party companies out there that when tested a bunch of different protein powders and they were finding like, this protein powder says it has 30 grams per scoop. Well, it actually only has five grams and the rest is just flour uh, and completely fake. That's so, why I haven't gotten strong. <laughs> it might be. You're using the wrong protein. Um, <laughs> but there are there yeah. are a couple. I think there's, uh, you could use like the NCAA's website or WADA or USADA's website to look for safe brands. What I think the label is NS- NSF. Yep. Yeah. So there there is a governing body that is at least out there trying to do something. So college athletes don't yes, get pop. Exactly. Or pros or and that's, crossfitters you know it's well happening i mean too that, often in that's the first exposure i had to being smarter about your supplements um like we would we, <laughs> me and my buddies like whatever like once a month or whatever we would all go to the like vitamin shop or gnc and we would just get the most like potent pre-workout we could find and we would feel terrible after and then we started to look into it and realize like we don't even know what we're taking and then we realized that we are running the risk of potentially if we got tested at a regional or at the world series or something like that, that we would probably all fail because we're hammering this whatever product with sick logo and a cool name. Or and shiny. It, yeah. And really, really shiny, but we didn't actually know what we were doing. C4 so, does a good job. um, 
yeah, I mean, these are all things to think about for your general health, but also, you know, just, yeah, for your general health. Can I segue into the last one? Yeah, let's quickly do that. I just, um, so the last one, right, again, lots of information. This is going to be the best one, Lack of regulation, (laughs) lack of context. There's too many harmful narratives. It's a money grab. Then lastly, like, Everyone we're seeing, all these fitness models, they're actually at the unhealthy stage uh, of their body fat percentage. Uh, they're only at this weight or this body fat percentage for a short time, maybe for that photo shoot. Um, but we just think they're like that all the time. And they just look like Dwayne The Rock Johnson all the time. And that's not quite the case. Uh, and there's a good chance these folks are on drugs. And that's why they look that way um, for all their YouTube videos and Instagram. And a lot of times heavily edited and just they're not look like that all year round and i think we always think that that's all we need to look that's all we need to look and there's a pressure on us and then psychologically we're in trouble um but these people they're a lot of them are on drugs and this is just unhealthy so that's something to look at too and you see it on instagram every single day and i would say that the drugs thing a lot is that like bodybuilding type uh side of the fitness industry you know maybe in some crossfit powerlifting weightlifting site circles uh but that's just definitely something to be aware of you know maybe they have two photo shoots a year they diet for 16 weeks to get to that photo shoot they take a thousand pictures they use those pictures to promote uh products uh promote themselves on instagram and you know what i think i'm okay with that but they are giving the image that they're just shredded 24 7 they're always looking good uh their diet's always dialed in they're always uh this like superhero type person um, and, you know, maybe they got the genetic lottery win again, and they do look like that uh, year-round. But I would say most people aren't going to look like that. And uh, there is a bell curve to the body fat percentage in terms of health, right? We don't want to be completely shredded, super lean year-round. Obviously, we don't want to be too high in the body fat percentage range. We want to be somewhere that's healthy and sustainable. And maybe you want to get leaner for a period of time. I think that probably would be fine and healthy. My issue with, the, the, with those, though, is like these folks are trying to sell things and sell us knowledge and they just don't have the knowledge and there's no reason to be buying the supplements. I guess it comes full circle with what we've been talking about, but they could be selling you a completely useless product, but you're drawn in because they're they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a movement. And like the first thing that draws you in is not the product or whatever they're doing it's it's because they they have their shirt off they're in sick lighting they look really good um and your your brain is drawn to that because either you want that for yourself or like shocker people are attracted to physically good looking other people um and it sells and, <laughs> Wait, so and it, yeah they're crazy right to attractive people. yeah and yeah, like money. so and that people are willing to take advantage of that and make a lot of money off a lot of people and um, unfortunately it's a way bigger slice of the pie in the fitness industry that it, than it should be. Um, yeah. I think we touched on all, <laughs> I, I guess, I mean, <laughs> oddly enough, we didn't talk about the pros that much, uh, but there really is as much or as many or more pros, right? Uh, again, what Chris said, it's, it's just, you're doing something positive. At least people are outside running or in the gym trying to, um, change their life. And we, we really think that's a good thing. 
um, and it brings people together, huge social component. And again, it is a good source of information just if you know who to follow. And we're here for that if you have questions. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think like the reason I got into working out is because I saw someone who was probably jacked on YouTube and I wanted to be like that. So you get into it, uh, you kind of, the surface level, you start skimming through stuff and then eventually, I mean, even if you're going and doing a workout that isn't great, you're at least you're working out. You it's know? not it's, laying on the couch doing nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So mm -hmm. eating Taco John's. Yeah, plenty of pros in this, but also just a lot of things we have to look out for as well. All right, uh, that wraps it up. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Anything else? Okay. Any announcements? No, stay fit, stay healthy. Ooh. That's our tagline now. <laughs> All right, guys.